The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, we may have to be on our best behavior because I haven't figured out if the guest we have tonight is actually a rebel spy working in the Imperial tech shop or if he's an actual Imperial. But we have on with us from the Imperial Tech Shop, uh, which you can find on Etsy. Uh, we have Drew. How's everyone doing? Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm doing good myself. So, since you're Imperial, using the old Imperial Tech, and actually we're, we're 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 in the first order time period at this stage in the game. So, using that old Imperial Tech, uh, I, I'm a time traveler. It, it sounds like it, it, the old Imperial Tech just doesn't hold up like it used to. <laughs> so. Uh, before we get going, I want to do this. First one to three points. I thought we would play games with our shows. <laughs> you only torture us when other shows are on, usually. Yep, he's a creator. So, um, I'm sorry. Th- this is a new game, actually. I found this at Five Below. It's Star Wars Mandalorian Trivia quiz and per card you get a chance of three points so uh, i'm gonna start off with drew uh for one point who used to be sorry can't see there we go who used to be an expediter for the bounty hunters guild grief carga the mandalorian or moff gideon so i i'm gonna have to go with process of elimination um i'm more of a casual uh star wars fan so uh, i don't think it was moff gideon uh I don't think it's the Mandalorian. I think it's the first answer, the first uh, option. Grief Cargo. 
point. Transfer two points to add to that, two more points to this. Uh, what allows Ahsoka Tano to jump so high? A, practice. B, the force. C, special boots. <laughs> I'm really kicking myself because uh, the Clone Wars and all that stuff, I never really watched it. Uh, for some reason, the animation just doesn't catch my uh, catch my eye. Um I'm going to see, that's the thing. I'm going to have to say force. The force helps because I've heard of the force jump. Um, so I'm going to say the force. It's three points. Yeah, I thought she just had flubber in her boots. <laughs> uh, for Wookiee Radio. Uh, for one point, what color is the child's robe? Black, white, or beige? Go ahead, Derek. Uh, what was that? I didn't get that. What color is the child's robe? Black, white, or beige? Well, uh, let's see here. Um, if I were to say, uh, um, I want to go with beige. It's one point. <laughs> For two points to tie the game at three. Uh, true or false? Grief Karga sustained an injury to his chest during his brawl during his brawl with Mando. Now I got to think. That's the first time I've had to think on any of these. Although I think it's true. Mm. If I remember right, he got shot. I remember if he was on I his chest. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, what was the question? What was the scenario again? At what point? <laughs> oh, he already put it away. Grief Garga sustained an injury to his chest during his brawl with Mando. True or false? Yeah, he stopped because I don't know if he was shot during the brawl with Mando or during another time. So I know he was shot when Moff Gideon attacked them. I say we go with true, I guess. I keep second guessing it, but we'll go with that. Y'all say true? Sure. Okay, so I'm going to make this a toss-up. Uh, so, Drew, is this going to be for one point or for two points? Shoot. Now, which one do you want, the one point or the two-point question? Oh, I'm sorry. I get a choice on which one. I, I'll go for the two-point. I'll okay. the two-point. So this question is for two points, and this will be a whoever answers it correct. I'm going to put this out to all of you guys. How does Moff Gideon escape his crashed TIE fighter? Climbs With out. the darks. Dark saber climbs out the window, cuts his way out with the dark saber, oh, or through the escape hatch. Since Drew jumped it. a gun and he got it, it's two points to Drew. I'm sorry, I shot first. <laughs> oh, you only shot, and Drew takes the win on this in our trial run in the beta of uh, Smuggler Trivia. Mm. Amanda, it's not too bad. Um, thank like, you guys. Thank, like you, thank you for uh, allowing me to win because I know you guys took it easy on me. There's no way <laughs> that you guys didn't know who got shot and where they got shot. No, that one actually, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Yeah, that one was actually tricky. It's, it's not a bad, not a bad game. I want to say I have Star Wars trivia that's very similar to it. Oh, that reminds me. I'm supposed to have trivia night. Is trivia night tomorrow night? I think we're supposed to have trivia night at our local pub. And I think they're going to do it Star Wars as well. So this was sort of a warm up for me. Thank you. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your Etsy shop. Um, do you want the long story or the short story? Uh, show. Sure. <laughs> we got time um, for the long story. So uh, we have a family friend that's part of the 501st. And um, we had... Him and a couple of the other troopers join our wedding. They walked us in, and I was basically introduced into the world of 501st, Rebel Legion, and all that stuff. And 
um, it definitely opened up a whole different world to Star Wars, right? There's one thing, seeing the movies and and stuff like that, but also being in the fandom, and this goes for any any uh, fandom in general, right? Because there's fandoms for Star Trek and, and other things like that. Um, mm. It this We kind of gravitated to it, and I say wait because I involved my wife <laughs> in this. Uh, she's forced into this. Um, so we kind of like the whole, um, bad guys with, uh, bad guys doing good, right? You know, going out, visiting the hospitals, going trooping, uh, in full uniform and kind of bringing that magic and that smile to people. Um, I saw some deficiencies within the group, you know, different things that people were asking for, like, Hey, I need help with my led lights. Hey, I need help with this or I need help with that and you know one thing sort of led into another and um, we ended up making a little hobby out of it besides our our main uh, business and um, that's pretty much how Imperial Tech Shop started is people asking for things and me saying hey I mean I have the technical know-how I have the skills to to try to design something fun something that kind of um, fits in universe as well because you know, we have not only the electronics, but we also have the IDs and, and different um, greeblies and knickknacks. And, and as a matter of fact, right now I'm working on, um, I don't have it here. I already sent it out to my to my buddy that does vacuum forming. We're going to end up making some blast door panels um, where they're vacuum formed pieces of plastic. And then you drill out the holes, put in the lenses, and then, you know, use our LED light kit to light it up. So, um it's just it we tripped upon it and we're we're just becoming more and more um involved and we just love it you know the 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 people that you meet the smiles that you 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 eventually make on people's faces um you know i i do take pride in the items that we make uh you know i've had instances where usps destroys it and either they put it through a shredder or they ran over it with the truck several times. And we go above and beyond to make sure, you know, even if we're at a deficit, you know, we didn't make any money and we ended up having to spend money to get that replaced for them. We go that extra mile because it, it's just, it feels like I'm providing that magic. And if they had a bad time, I want to make sure that that magic is reinforced. Yeah, that's cool. So that's pretty much Imperial Tech Shop uh, yeah, in a nutshell. I am looking at y'all's shop right now, and I love the premium ID cards with the uh, NFC on it. So I think we were talking uh, before, while, we're, while I was trying to get you onto the show, that yeah. I would love to do something that combines my time on the Star Cruiser with being a smuggler you now involving the show. And I know the QR code or that NFC code would be great to put the Wookiee Radio logo uh, website on there. Absolutely. That's one of the things is we've learned from, you know, our customers asking for different things. We've always wanted to be able to provide pictures on there. And we have looked and searched for different methods to do it. And um, you did mention when we were when we were uh, chatting through Etsy, you did mention Hondo Supply. Yep. And I think he does a phenomenal job. I think he does, you know, he was one of the first ones to put the picture on the ID. Um, I had literally gotten asked probably a month before he popped up with it. And it, it, 
it definitely set the goal. It set that bar. And I think that, you know, we each uniquely have a different style. And um, one of the things that I was I was also asked for was to incorporate, like, like you said, the NFC to have a way where people can actually scan and use it. I, I just had a droid builder uh, order one and he had me program the NFC a specific way so that it interacts with his R2-D2 unit. Oh, cool. Um, so the little QR code on there is actually, a, there's two, two Easter eggs. And if anybody ever figures it out, I mean, honestly, I may give them a free ID. Um, the QR code is not really a QR code, but it will scan if you provide um, to the proper reading. There is a web page that can read it. Uh, and the same thing with the little barcode that goes across it. Um, that barcode is actually a USPS barcode, and that actually has a message in that encoder. Oh, very cool. So I didn't think I showed that. I did not see that, but that's that's really cool. Uh, I think I showed Ken and Eric Ward. This is the uh, ID card that he made, uh, that uh, Mike from Hondo Supply made when I was on the Halcyon. Because uh, this is based on the uh, Halcyon uh, boarding pass, and he made it as like a uh, an ID card for me, um, which I thought was cool, <laughs> even though I didn't stay long on the Halcyon. Uh, but I would, I would love to do an ID for when I go to Galaxy's Edge. That's a, a mix of the Halcyon and a mix of Wookiee Radio and eventually something for these guys where we could do, you know, try and come up with an idea or design for, for Wookiee Radio for the, you know, since we call ourselves Smugglers 3, figure out something that I way. Mean, if, if you guys want a fully custom ID, we can definitely get that done. So, I mean, you're dealing with the person who would be designing it anyway. Oh, that's so, cool. Uh, I, I, the one that designs everything, um, we just recently... Um, got my wife's cousin on board, so she's helping with the production side while I deal with, you know, designing more stuff and kind of coming out with different items. Um, I do have customers that reach out and say, hey, I want this completely custom random item. Um, I had somebody ask me to replicate Tony Stark's uh, clear phone Oh wow! that he uses in the courtroom to uh, hack it. I think it's Iron Man 2 where he's on trial that he's supposed to give up his, um, I know this is not Star Wars, but he's supposed to give up his tech, and then he goes and he puts on the screens and hacks them. Somebody just randomly said, I want that. And I said, okay, cool. I'll make it happen. We'll, we'll you know, it's a one-off. It seems like a cool item. So, you know, uh, you guys let me know if you want a custom ID. We could definitely make that happen. I, I'm looking at, um, to your, like, your mini-maps. We're yeah. actually going to work on those. That's that's next on the list of things. Um, and I, I'm looking I at your. Looking, I was going to say that same material. I'm looking at the uh, Galaxy's Edge ID card and the holder, and I'm just thinking, how cool would it be if you could use that same ID card holder to hold the mini map? I'm going to give it that data pad type you vibe. Beat, you, you beat me to it. That's actually on our list of things. That's what I was going to say. Is we faded out because we used to have data pads we had people requesting data pads and they wanted it to light up and and all this stuff and we went you know as far as we could with that concept and in the end we decided that you know we're just going to pull that that item out of our shop it it's only meant really for our 501st um for the 501st members it's not something that i really want to produce for the public um, the maps are not to, they're not to, um, the maps, we can just design whatever map we want, but it, you know, 
a TIE fighter looks like a TIE fighter. So right. I'm going to show you on camera one of them. And I, of course, it's going to blur it out. Hold on, let me unblur this. People on the podcast are probably not going to... No, it's going to be audio only. So uh, I was going to say, if you were able to do... Um, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of cool. That's, oh. So, you know, huh. we, we, we did different designs. And in the end, um, if I do bring it back, I'm going to do it with a holder and the map. Just, um, you know, you could click it, pull it out, put in the map, remove it, change, technically change the screen, if you will. Um, and maybe only for the 501st members offer the, uh, you know, the data pad insert and not something too specific. Cool. Now, looking at your thing, you got multiple different things you're working with here. I can tell the the badges and some of that is all 3D printed, but uh, you're like maps and things. Are those like laser engraved or what is how is that done? So the map and the uh, green, green IDs, they're all acrylic. Um, even the premium IDs are also acrylic. So it's just, I use different mediums. I use either acrylic, wood, um, vacuum forming. I have a, a, an, an access panel, if you will, um, made out of yeah, I see it there. styrene. And then LEDs, I either create a custom circuit or um, something along those lines. You know, it's, it's depends on what the person's asking for. I'll, I'll be able to change those LEDs on there. I was going to say, with the maps, I would love to see um, the Black, Black Spire Outpost map done up. There was another shop that did it. Was there? Uh, they, didn't, they didn't do it as a mini map. They did it as a huge, I want to say it's about 12 inches by oh, wow. by 8 inches. It was about the size of a, an iPad. Um, wow. they, they did that already. If I did do it, it would be a mini version of, you know, a mini map. Um, I don't think I want to deviate too big from that. Uh, cue card size. It's like one of those um, flashcards. The, the mini map, I think, is perfect. Is it? I think it'll go great with the ID holder. So yeah. walking around, it's like, oh, okay, we're right about here. <laughs> there is another thing that I'm working on, and and I'll, I might as well debut it here. Um, some people can't figure out if they want blue milk or green milk, and we're going to come out with a dice that has uh, a bottle, little milk bottle. <laughs> it's either blue. <laughs> Or green. Oh, so it's and like then the- with booze or without booze. So you can ah, choose okay. either an alcoholic or non and then roll again. Okay. So, so it's almost like the chance cubes. Yes. Oh, cool. So you get to choose, you know, the dice gets to choose for you. There's there's a few other stuff that we're working on. That's one of them, uh, since we can do custom dice. I'll show oh, you cool. guys on camera. But yeah, there's several of them that we're working on, both for the uh, troopers that troop. There's ones that troop different um, legions, some troop 501st, some troop rebels. So if you don't know what costume you want to wear, we're working on a dice for that, where you just roll and it picks for you. Um, but yeah, we, we're, we're constantly just coming up with things and, and just working on different ideas. If it's not for uh, Imperial Tech Shop, it's for our other business that, that is our primary income. So, so the y'all had at uh, earlier this week, and I know last week, the ID name badge keychain? Yes. It it actually sold out the little keychain. Okay. Um, I just haven't had the chance to put it back up. It We don't really, it doesn't, it's, we'll put like maybe 10 at a time. It's not one 
of the big sellers or anything like that. It's just some people like it because it kind of commemorates their visit. It's just like if you go to, you know, uh, California and or better yet, Las Vegas, they sell the little keychains with the license plate and it says your name on it. It's sort of the same concept. It's not a full size name tag. It's just a mini one. I, I'm not going to mention what I'm holding, but I'll show you. Would you like me to take a picture? That is cool. Um, sure. <laughs> Uh, and oddly enough, yes. we oh, hold on. Can you put it back up? That is cool. Um, oddly enough, we could probably make that, but it's one of those things that we, especially with the recent news that some guy broke into or he walked into uh, the Swan and Dolphin and walked out with an R two D two. I don't think I'd want to be <laughs> making things like that that allow people to do you know stupid activities. Uh, well, I know what I just showed you. Mm-hmm. Unless they have an ID, they're not getting in. <laughs> got, it, got it. So they, there's a there's an actual company company badge besides a, a name. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So what I I just showed Drew was my ID badge, my name badge from the Star Cruiser. That's what we wore on the ship, or what what yeah. we wear on the ship, or what cast members wear on the ship. That that's the badge. Uh, whereas it's, what it's you very nice, which one you had done was based on the Galaxy's Edge name badges. Correct. Uh, right now, that's the only Disney name badge that's solid oval. There's no bubble on top, like I like our normal name badges. And you know, whatever you did keychain wise, I would love to get that as a keychain. I, I th- um, that I, that was just one of those I've, memory things for me uh, for my time from the cruiser. I can't make that for you, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't Understood. make that for you. But yeah, Understood. I, like I said, I, I don't want, as it is, I'm already pushing envelopes and, you know, honestly, yeah. I, oh, you, it's just, you told me about another shop and I finally went and looked them up. I I don't know how Disney is not all over that because that is, I mean, exact copies, exact yeah. copies. Yeah, exact copies of that item. And I'm, you know, I mean, there's I no variation icon, to it at all. Yeah, I use an icon here and icon there, but they're just like flat out photocopying what it is yeah um well i i would think even though that's our name our name badge from the cruiser to do it as a keychain i would still i I think just to change it up so you know it's not an exact yes it's the exact name badge but it's not exact i would throw the the csl logo to the left of the name so that's what i also did with the little batu name badge is um, I actually messed around with the little design on the bottom. So you can tell which ones are mine if you ever see it in the wild. It doesn't match up and it does not um, it That's doesn't perfect. look exactly the same. And, it, and and I tried to do it on purpose so that if somebody did try to do something stupid, yeah. you know, see, maybe that, they'll notice it. I mean, I have no problems with Star Wars fans, Disney fans doing what they do when they come to the parks or but to be asking, you know, but to see some of these people on Facebook and on Etsy where they make exact replicas of the Galaxy's Edge name badges, I'm like, uh, no, if you're not, if you're not a cast member, you shouldn't have it. Yeah. Now, if there's a variation to it where it's all oval and no bubble, cool. If the one done for the ship has the bubble with the CSL logo in the bubble, that's cool because that's not what we wear. And yeah. who's to say that's not a name badge from another ship? Because there's CSL is an entire cruise line. It's not just the Halcyon. There's other ships in the, in the fleet. I like that direction. <laughs> so I like that. I like that idea. I mean, who, 
Who, who's to say the, the ship doesn't have, uh, or that each ship has their own name badge to set them apart? I mean, it's just like every park has their own name badge. So, uh, I, I, well, with, with Disney World, we, since right now we're in the 40th, all four parks have the same. Uh, Imagineering has the same. Cruise Lines has the same. Wow. Yeah. We don't have a separate name badge just for Epcot. Uh, all four parks, Disney Springs, the resorts are all the only the only resort now quote, air quote resort that has a different name badge at Walt Disney World is the Halcyon. Uh, the only part of the parks that has a separate name badge is Galaxy's Edge. Everywhere else, um, believe it or not, Pandora. I would have thought with the lessons learned from Galaxy's Edge that the World of Pandora, they would have done the ACE name badge, made the name badges look like. You know, I had the ACE logo, and I don't believe they do. I believe it's a straight Disney logo. But then again, I haven't paid attention to people at Pandora <laughs> to really notice. It's like, oh, you got a name badge, you're, you're a cast member. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the Pandora one. Um, I think even the Imagineers got a special yep. version of that Pandora one. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of the different badges. A lot of them end up at some thrift shop over in Lakeland um, that people yeah. are posting... Yeah. I've seen a whole bin just full of them. Um, I don't think they end up in cast member connections or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just, these are just cast members that either, I guess, donated it to Goodwill or something. I don't know how these people get that big bin full of those name tags. And I've seen some. It, it, a lot of it is people who is probably just a collection of, oh, I'm out of here, stuff that's been left behind, stuff that's been found at work. Because I have an oval one that says Michael with Mickey on it. That was before I even started with the company. And then I have another one that says, because when I started, it was the the oval with the bubble, the bubble name tag with my hometown on it. Well, I had that same bubble name tag with my with what I use at work, no hometown. And someone found that for me and, and said, hey, this, we found this for you might want it. And I'm like, yeah. But I also have my collection of name badges that I have worn. I just... There's one I have here at the house somewhere. I just can't find it. Now, I've heard some different stories where if a cast member leaves their ID at home, is there some particular name that we should look out for and make fun of that person because they left their ID at home and they're Daniel for the rest of the day? Uh, With the name badges, there's a whole bunch that you could borrow that they have. And it's just random names. Random names. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I I remember hearing that there were some that... Unless you know the person personally, yeah, you would never know. Yeah, there, there's people I've known, there'd be, you know, one name and it's like, oh, so you're Dan today. Yeah, I forgot my name badge. Well, Dan, <laughs> we're going to call you Dan. I said, okay, Dan, all day today, Dan. So, yeah, I mean, w- within our type group, I mean, w- we pick on and it's, it's all fun. Usually we do it right at the start of shift and get it over with. And not dwell. So, but no, uh, we are definitely going to have to talk more. No, for sure. Just let me know. I mean, um, I cannot do it for you, but we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about other ideas and things like that. Um, I'm, I usually do take commissions if I'm not too busy. Like, you know, uh, you guys caught me in the middle of doing a boat panel for a customer. Uh, oh, cool. Somebody last minute today come in and say, hey, I really need this to be done tomorrow. So after this, I'm going to be stuck here till like six o'clock in the morning, mm. uh, tracing, lasering and cutting and finishing. Um, Cause you know, outside of star Wars, cause like I said, it's, it's a hobby and I enjoy it. I love the people that I meet. Um, everybody's it's, I, I, I've seen the toxicity there is, 
but it's just that the person really loves that topic or loves that character a lot and kind of forgets that, hey, we're all people, this is fictional, you know. Um, but I, I, overall, I've seen the fandom be amazing and do amazing things. Um, I've seen... what There's one that you're supposed to design... Um, like a disguise for wheelchairs. I can't remember the name of oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had a, a buddy of mine who, uh, he's a droid builder, and he asked me to help him out. Uh, unfortunately, he asked in one of the worst points, but he mm. built he built a really cool Millennium Falcon around this little girl's uh, wheelchair. And Oh, it, very cool. I think that yeah. things like that, that bring communities together, right, um, that you know, makes, like I said, brings the magic. I, it, I would, up until probably two years ago, I would have loved to have been an Imagineer. And, and I mean, on my desk, I literally have, if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, I, I would not say no if Disney said, hey, I want to contract you to make stuff for us. I would love to do it. Um, but actually be an Imagineer. I think that in our own ways, we can all be Imagineers and bringing joy to everybody making items that you know that bring joy and bring an experience to people so like the data pads when i was making it for the 501st members you should see some of the pictures that these you know type pilots took or the imperial gunners took and and it just blew my mind how they took just a simple prop to me i just i thought it was cool but they just took it to a whole new level um it's just i i think I think I found a really cool niche and um, it's fun. It's fun, man. It's just, and I dragged, I dragged the missus into it. <laughs> she can't get away. She's That's my little dumb. Imperial officer. So Ken, Derek, do you have any questions for Drew about the shop Imperial tech shop on Etsy? Who covered a lot of it. There's some really cool stuff on here. I know. That's my fault. We're going to work on the translator. We made a little keychain. There was a full size one, but I didn't like how it looked. And um, uh, I had a Mandalorian helmet maker ask me if I could do a flashlight. So I did a whole custom electronic build for that. Um, people don't ever know where to find the correct lenses for either panels or for their costume. I found the, the lenses. I actually had uh, a maker. I, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Frank Epolito. Sounds now, familiar. He usually comes on tested with um, Adam and yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that show. Oh, okay. Love that show. He did Zoiberg the costume, and he also did um, for Adam. He did for Adam Admiral Akbar. Oh he wow! Was up like an actual admiral. He reached out to me, and he actually bought a couple of lenses. And that's one of the things that I I like about the maker community is. We help each other out. So, like, yeah, he bought a couple of lenses, but I told him, look, if you really want to buy in bulk quantity, what are you going to be doing with this? He goes, well, I'm going to be using it for production. I told him, okay, here are all the part numbers. You know, skip me. Uh, go straight to the manufacturer. If you're going to buy in bulk or if you're going to make as many as, you know, if you're going to be recasting, it doesn't make sense to recast thousands when you could just buy thousands for cheaper than recasting and spending time you know that's one of the things that i enjoy about the maker community is we help each other out we yeah you know try to look out for each other 
um, if we come up with a better method or a better you know situation, like my custom LED uh, harness, I've had a bunch of different makers use it for different items. I've had somebody use it for the pumpkin bomb, pump, pumpkin, hold on, because I have the headset on, I can't hear myself, pumpkin bombs. Okay. Um, yeah. I've had them use it for uh, glass door panels. I've had it used for costumes other props so um you know and, and i'm quick to always try to help out as much as possible hey look you know try this does this work no okay if i can't do it let's find somebody else that can in the network right i'm not gonna be closed off and say hey this is what i do and go find your other you know niche this is trade secret you know it, it doesn't i think to be able to continue to grow the community, both Maker and Star Wars, I think being able to coexist, uh, cooperate, and share, you know, knowledge, I think that, you know, that's how we make things better. I've heard of stories where a Maker made something and it ends up being used in R2-D2 or in BB-8 on screen. Um, I know one of the guys that actually made BB-8 outside, he was one of the first ones to make it outside of um, Lucas Films, and even you know, people from Lucas Films were looking at his BB-8 in Celebration 2017, going, "How did you make it roll? How did you do it that it's not a puppet?" You know, yep. and he shared it with them. He openly shares a lot of the designs. Um, well, the, uh, I know there was one guy in the uh, Astromech board that I'm on on Facebook who had quite a few of his Astromechs in Obi-Wan, a guy by the name of Mike. I can't think of his last name. His first Mike name. Mike Cena. Yeah. Mike Cena. Um, there is a little small core group within that, within that um, a little core group within that group. Um, it's Mike Cena, Michael McMaster, and there's like two or three other ones, but they are the go-tos when it comes to either being used in TV show or film or even in person at the parks. Um, if it's not the overly priced 25,000, no offense, Disney, um, the 25,000 R2, mm -hmm. it's one of our guys. And I say our guys, cause I'm, a, I'm also a droid builder. Uh, it's one of our guys out there. I actually got to partake in may the fourth be with you in 2019 um they had us go out there we had the local r2 builders of uh, florida meet up in orlando at hollywood studios i had my mouse droid and the rest were all astromechs they are very particular about who shows up and they want to see pictures ahead of time mm -hmm. they obviously just like uh, mickey mouse or any of the other characters no more than one can be on stage uh, at a time, so only one R two D two, and yeah, the funny good. part is we have like five. We have like five R two D twos alone within uh, a five mile radius or six mile radius there in Orlando. So everybody's trying to figure out how to color their R two D two different. Some of them actually had different domes and switch it from an R two to an R five. Um, I know one but, of them. Uh, it's the guy who who made the very first remote controlled one in Florida, Doug Dixon. Yes. I've met him. I've met him several times. He's, he, he's a really cool guy. He's an entertainment tech at Disney. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. I did not know that. Uh, I have met him several times. And I actually, in Celebration Chicago um, in 2019, I actually destroyed his mouse droid. I took it out, man. We were doing, a, we were doing little races. 
and uh, I call my mouse droid Hank the Tank or Trooper Tripper because troop I, I always trip some trooper. <laughs> um, I, we were racing on a figure eight, and he was just too slow, man. And and I and I hit him, and I felt bad. I I was ready to just call it and be like, look, I lost. I didn't mean to make contact. And just Doug looked at me and said, no, you continue going. We're going to we're going to finish this. So the top half of his mouse droid is just hanging out in the middle of the figure eight. Meanwhile, I'm doing circles with my because inside my mouse droid is a Traxxas, Traxxas bandit. And man, that thing without the extra weight can go about 20 miles an hour on a lipo battery. Wow. So with the top on it, I'm going about 10 miles an hour just circling this, this figure eight. And um, yeah, I know Doug. Doug, Doug is a great Doug's guy. He's, awesome. Yeah, every time, um, every celebration that I've gone to, because I've been to the three here in Orlando, and anytime I'm at MegaCon, I always get a picture with his R2, because uh, I, I think his R2 is probably one of the best in the in the area. I, I don't doubt it. I The thing is, I haven't been able to, I haven't been able, obviously, COVID, uh, travel much and get to MegaCon. Uh, I am going to SuperCon. I think it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday down here in South Florida. Okay. So... We unfortunately don't have such a big presence of droid builders down here, and it's kind of difficult when um, there's three or four of us and to set up a booth and all that. Somebody has to man that booth all the time, and with three or four people and it being three days, four days, you got to count setup time. Y'all want to go play as well. Yeah, everybody wants to go and play. Everybody wants to take their R2 around or their unit out, and then some people, you know, don't come in another day. So it's kind of difficult to man a booth if you don't have anybody to man it. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully maybe next year we could get something going. I know we were talking with Maker Fair down here, uh, Maker Fair Miami, to try to get the droid builders out and um, get them Very to cool. come down from Orlando and, and everywhere in, in Florida to come down for Maker Fair. But um, little by little, we do have two R2-D2s down here. We have a BB-8. Uh, fully functioning BB-8. We have my mouse droid, my wife's mouse droid that we need to finish. Um, and then we also have uh, another guy that has... Uh, so we have three mouse droids down here. Um, it's just not enough bodies to, to do a yeah. booth. I know uh, my daughter has the mouse droid from the parks. She loves it. I would love to get another one. The well, popcorn one, or is it the, the no, RC one? The RC one. And I, I think I would love to make an, an actual one similar to yours. Have. Um, if you want, like I said, we can hook up afterwards. Okay. We can go through all the motions. Um, you have different ways of building it. You have some people that try to stay under $150 and go to the thrift shop and buy whatever RC car and build it out of styrene. And then you have people, you know, that go all out and, and you know, instead of 3D printing the Greeblies on the roof, they do it out of metal and they buy the tubing and they buy the uh, vacuum the vacuum tube sockets and, and resistors and capacitors. Oh, wow. I mean, there's, you could go all out. I, I maybe have about a thousand in mind right now, thousand dollars worth wow. parts and extra stuff. The batteries alone for the RC car is ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we, we've talked about whenever uh, we do go get it, eventually when prices come down, go to the house. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, you always see everyone taking you know, their droids that they built at galaxy's edge or ones that they built at galaxy's edge during the trip. I, I told Zoe, I said, uh, no, if, if you take your Grogu, that's fine. She has a remote control Grogu. Do that. That's fine. Or taking the mouse droid too. Cause I, I've never seen the mouse droid around. Um, it, I, I think it's just so cool that it's been embraced 
the mouse droid was originally a you know a background character. Uh, yep. Chewbacca scared it, and that's all everybody really got to see of the mouse droid. Yep. Um, I like how they've brought it forefront and the episodes that have come out from Mandalorian and things like that. Uh, I think in the animated series they also uh, did show a lot of mouse droids. Like I said, unfortunately, I'm I never really caught on to it. I remember seeing it on Cartoon Network at some point, and then now Disney, and I just never caught on. Um, I do have to say, I do like the Bad Batch. That's looks like it's about to come out or something. Or yep, season two comes out uh, later this year. I I did catch some of that on Disney Plus, uh, the season one, and it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I I love how the Mouse Droid is coming out now people there's popcorn buckets they uh originally released that same mouse droid that your daughter has they released it a while ago i want to say about maybe four or five years ago and with with nerf darts now they got more plastic darts more of a plastic dart they changed the dart the 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 one that the one that my wife has has the plastic dart and at the tip at the tip it has um it has the imperial cog but it's a really small i want to say it's like a quarter inch chip on it and then you know like it's it's really small i, yeah. I could see why they pulled it as a choking hazard well then um, well the one we got still has the uh the darts okay uh, the three aside i think it's three aside um but i thought when it first came out they were nerf darts or foam darts and maybe maybe nerf got upset about that it could be possible <laughs> could be. so it could be possible nerf nerf didn't like uh the infringement or us doing or the company doing it without asking them got it um, now, I asked this a while back, back in June, and we've been so slammed with other things, um, never got to them. But I asked back in June about uh, topics for the show. So the first one comes from at Rogue Gaza, and his question is, what element of George Lucas's original concept for Star Wars would you have kept and why? So I'll start with you, Drew. Jar Jar Binks, the Sith Lord. I don't know if anybody's ever said that before. <laughs> I don't. This, I'm, the more and more I keep hearing the story, and then I don't know if Ahmed Best was agreeing with it jokingly to just help further the story along. Um, I don't. Has Lucas really ever come out and said that that was a thing? I don't think he has, but it's definitely. It's definitely a cool fan theory. Um, I, I think that that's where it ends. It's, it's a fan theory. Um, if he ever does come out and say, yes, this was the plan, I, I, I think he'd make a lot of people happy. Yeah, you're probably right. So, uh, Ken, you're still looking. Derek, what, hmm. what original, get that question again. What element of Lucas's original concept for Star Wars would you have kept and why? That is a tough question. Hmm. And for those who want to see Drew's mouse droid, go to Instagram.com forward slash Miami underscore MSE. I'll plug it. Sorry, Derek. Go ahead. Um, I think that is a really tough one. I know. What I was looking for is I actually have the graphic novel that they made of the original rough draft. The, yeah, uh, I have that too. The Star Wars Rinsler. I'm just flipping through there to see what ideas were in here. It's been a while since I've read it. There was so much changed. Yeah, I um, I think. I, I just just a quick question: Did he ever comment on who shot first? Because I know the scene changed. 
but did he ever definitively say that? No. You know, he he changed it. So he he changed it because he didn't want Han to be so early in the film be considered a just a ruthless killer, even though he becomes a hero by the end of the film. But I mean, when when I saw the film originally in, in the theaters, I mean, it was like, all right, the drive-in actually back in 77. I mean, for me, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, here's a guy. Well, he's a gunslinger. He's a, his life's being threatened. He shot for, you know, he kills in order to survive. No big deal. And then later, oh, he goes and helps the rebellion. Cool. It didn't bother me back, th- back in 77 as a kid. I think a lot of it came from uh, sort of what Spielberg did with E.T., with some of the backlash of looking for a justification on why Han shot. So he changed it to where Greedo shoots, then Han shoots. Um, I'm like, okay, if that's what you know, he wants to do to, to his vision, cool. Uh, you know, I'm from that period. Han only shot. So, yeah. One thing that struck me on this when I flipped through the beginning of this uh, book here, I had totally forgot that. Um, and at this part of the rough draft when they made this, the Jedi were actually working for the Empire, and the Sith were a rival sect that just off on their own. And the the, the Knights of Sith, according to on this in the comic here, were a totally separate thing. It had nothing to do with the Empire. Is that the uh, the Star Wars from Dark Horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was based on one uh, of the early rough drafts, which yeah. was obviously changed. So it's interesting that the Jedi in this were actually working for the Empire, and they were bodyguards for the Emperor. <laughs> Yeah. Which is a total flip of the script from where we end up with. So, Derek, did you come up with anything? I kind of like the original design of Chewbacca. Maybe, I mean, I not for Chewbacca, but I like that design for a creature. It would have been really interesting. Who yeah, later, almost lizard-like. Well, later becomes, uh, yeah. becomes Zeb. It's the Lasat. Yeah. yeah, even then they kind of changed it a little. Yeah, the Lasat looks more like the, uh, the original concept for the Wookiees. Yes. For me, the one would have been, I would like to- for I don't know if it was an original concept, but it was what was done in the original edit. I liked going into the there at the Battle of Yavin. The rebel fleet was a small ragtag ragtag fleet, a true example of David and Goliath, not the huge armada that that we see later in the in the current versions of the film that we see either on yeah. TNT or Disney Plus or on DVD, Blu-ray as we get them now. Because now that looks like oh, this is a little bit more believable that the group could destroy the Death Star, whereas the small. Which is funny because they were making the point that one guy is all it took to blow up the Death Star. Yeah. But it, it just seemed like the smaller fleet going or the, the smaller battalions or squads going or wings going, fighter wings going, gave more to that underdog David Goliath story, which I think was the original concept of the rebellion versus the empire. True, but I do have to say that the uh, the ships flying off Yavin in, in, the, uh, in the special edition does look cool. Yeah, and I have no problem with the amount of ships flying off Yavin in special edition. Because that, right, yeah. ju- that still could justify if, if they went from that to now. Uh, here's the scene as they're coming in, out of, you know, coming around the moon to the Death Star, and you, and you see the small troops. The, the numbers could still justify that. Whereas all of a sudden we're seeing ten times those numbers. Like, okay, that's a lot of ships for for a budding rebellion to have at one location. Yeah, but then when they go back, since they started filling in the backstories and stuff, you see, yeah, it's a budding rebellion. And even though that looks like a large, huge fleet, compared to the size of the Imperial fleet, 
Yeah. That's not even a spec. Right. It's just, I, I like the original cinematic look of the, ori- the original mountain ships. I mean, yeah, I understand we only hear from Blue Squadron, Red Squadron, Gold Squadron. And there are other squadrons there, you know, involved, but you know, our focus is on the initial gold and red and gold squadrons. Because the, the gold was the, the Y-Wings and the X-Wings are helping support the, the Y-Wings. So it's the interaction between those two. Those two squadrons are partnered together. So... Um, then from our good friend, Neil Johnson, uh, who you find him at director Neil on Twitter, why has rogue one improved over time and which era is the best era of star Wars? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I have a cheat for that one. So let's start with rogue one. I'll start with Drew again. Why has rogue one improved over time? Uh, I feel it. I feel it's improved just for the reason that. Um, they're building up on that story with everything that they're coming out with now, and it gives it more more depth to that. Right? You're you're gonna you're gonna get more um, about the rebellion. You're you're getting uh, the Mandalorian is gonna start. I think they're they're gonna meet up. Or I'm sorry, I I at the moment don't have Disney Plus, so I haven't seen uh, Obi Wan. So I don't know how far that ties into Rogue One. But just hearing the different news that's going to be coming out, uh, different shows that are going to be coming out, I think that that just makes Rogue One a little bit more significant and uh, a lot more backstory to those characters that were involved. Uh, Derek, change it up. Why has Rogue One improved over time? My first instinct is to say K2SO, but, you know, uh, in all seriousness, uh, it is actually a a really good movie. It's a great... um, it's it's a different type of Star Wars movie, um, which makes it very good, and it has <clears throat> it has uh, um, the ties that it has to the the rest of the saga um, really make it a very important film. Okay. There's two parts to the question. One is about Rogue One. The other one uh, is we're, we're starting with why has Rogue One improved yeah. over time? Okay. What was the other half of it? Well, I'll recap that after this one. Okay. For me, I don't know if Rogue One has um, gotten better because we've not had enough time with it yet. It's it's a different thing looking at it like the prequels. The prequels had a lot, especially, well, the prequels were basically the dawn of the Internet. Is where, so you got the dawn of the fan community that um, you found out this uh, that some of them the, and they found, oh, I can have an anonymous voice all of a sudden. So if there's something they didn't like, they'd crap all over it. <laughs> and that's what that was the very beginning of what we're where we have. So, um, but now we're seeing, obviously, um, especially with kids who that was the first Star Wars they ever saw was the prequels. They love those movies and they still love it now. You're getting a lot of love now because of the time you've had sitting with them. Uh, your Attack the of the Clones is 20 years old now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to cut you off there for a second. I actually have a coworker um, that I, or my ex coworker, he started with us when he was 18 and i think i think now he's like 24 now and we all got into this huge debate and it he was a kid when those movies came out and he loves episode one two and three and for the life of us uh those of us that got to because i'm i'm 35 right i i didn't i wasn't alive when it originally came out the the uh four five and six but I did get to see it prior to the digital edits, and I got to see the original Vader standing next to the Force Ghost of Obi Wan, and and you know, like I mm-hmm. I got to see that original version. I grew up with that. That's what I know. Um, these did come out. I was in my teens. It was okay. 
but he swears by it and that's that's the generation uh i guess i'm in the in the middle i'm in between but that's that's what their generation loves uh they, exactly. they enjoy that so yeah. I can see where where it's sort of yeah, tipping I, I now. I, I can see now where it's tipping, where people are starting to like it a little bit more because it has aged a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's fine mm-hmm. wine or stinky cheese, but it has aged. Yeah, uh, yeah, the younger generation love it. Let's see. So, huh? I was gonna say, my daughter is sequel era. She's twelve, so her first films in the theater were the sequels, and but she still. And it's not by, hopefully it's not by me rubbing off because I try to enjoy all the, you know, I, I, I enjoy all the films, even though some more than others. Um, yeah, I lean more towards the original trilogy because that's what I grew up with. That's what I had for majority of my right. life. I will stop and watch original trilogy before I stop and watch prequel or sequel trilogy. Um, I mean, if all three, if there's a film from all three eras, on at the same time, I'm wa- I'm gonna watch the original trilogy before the other two. Yeah. Um, but, but but Zoe sequel trilogy, she loves Force Awakens. She she's okay with the other two. She she likes elements of the other two, but she's becoming more of a, an OT junkie herself. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's because of my my influence. Even though I told yeah. her be yourself, I think because I I lean more towards OT. Uh, even though I'm excited to see the sequel characters at the parks, I'm excited to see the OT characters or even if they had the prequel characters at the parks, I'd be excited. Star Wars. I'm seeing the Star Wars characters in the parks. I'm excited no matter what. So, uh, sorry, Ken. Oh, that's okay. But like I said, the, the um, Rogue One was well-loved when it first came out. Part of that was because it was totally different than what the sequel is, and so many people were screaming about the sequels. But each generation is different anyway, because if the um, the internet has made a big deal out of all of this. When right. the original trilogy came out, very few people remember or even heard about, there was a huge, huge backlash on Return of the Jedi. It killed the Star Wars franchise, according to a lot of people, because what are he we wants. doing with these teddy bears in Star Wars? Yep. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, you didn't have an internet. So unless you were reading like the back letters pages in Starlog magazine or something like that, you ha- or talking to your neighbors, you had no idea that this was happening. Yeah, you had to be in the right circles in order to yeah exactly so um but other than that most people if you and you watch back then the general population loved star wars the prequels if the internet hadn't screamed screamed about it right away the general population enjoyed it yeah there's a lot of people that have enjoyed the sequels um like i said rogue one gets the the bump from um and in my opinion it is the best of the um new movies i I was i would say so it hasn't gotten better it's still good. <laughs> As I've always said, why why has it gotten better with age? Um, uh, I'll, I'll go with what I've always said. Rogue One was the video game that we never got, that we got to see played out on screen. Yeah. I mean, it's just like um, going back, you know, those people who have their favorite video game that they play from 20 years ago. I mean, I still go back and play Rogue, uh, Republic Commando. Um, I, I still go back and play uh, Galactic Battlegrounds. I love those games, and they're fun games. That's what I love about Rogue One, is that video game I get to see replayed all the time. And to me, uh, even with Kenobi that just came out, I I still think that's the best 
Vader we have seen in the entire saga. This is that three, four minutes we get of him at the end of Rogue One. That's what I was going to say. I mean, um, Vader's such a badass to begin with. Well, that's the that, Vader you get in Obi-Wan also. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to reactivate my Disney Plus then. Uh, <laughs> I want to see this. But I, 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 still, I still think Rogue One's, Rogue One's Vader is still better than what we had in Obi-Wan. That last scene close. gave you the goosebumps. That last scene brought back that magic that you felt when you first saw Star Wars. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me when you see Vader just come out and grab him, throw him to the roof. You know, like that to me was just maddening. I I was initially upset um, because we kept hearing Rogue One. There's going to be no lightsabers, no lightsabers. I even, when we even talked about it on the show, like, God, I hope there's not any lightsabers. When we went back and then did our recap and review of the movie, uh, I I think I, and these guys are correct. um, I think I originally said, here comes Vader. We see Vader. He lights up that lightsaber. I'm like, really? Now we said no lightsabers. Then the sequence played out. I'm like, all right, Vader's the only lightsaber we see. Justified. I am cool with this because it, it fit what was needed for the film. And I was ecstatic. It was not, it was not in the script until they did pickup shots. Yeah. That was the, that, those scenes were not in the original script. Yeah. I mean, the, how, how do you not do that scene without Vader igniting the lightsaber? I mean, what are you going to do? The whole Bespin banquet room where he's force, using a force shield and deflecting bolts? No. He's just walking down, deflecting bolts, force choking, slamming, whatever, all over the place. Like, okay, he's already the best bad guy just from the first time we see him in A New Hope. Now we know why he's that pissed in A New Hope because he got left like he did at Rogue One. It Everything fell into place. For a film that was not about the Skywalker saga, it fit into the... It was that square peg in the square hole that fit with the Skywalker saga support-wise. That was, I think, perfectly done. So, uh, second question was, which era is the best era of Star Wars? Um, I'm going to start off with this one. To me, I think the best era is going from post-Order 66 through where we're at now with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, where we may be going with um, Ahsoka. That whole, that... 20-year, 30-year span there. I think it's my my favorite era. Because I, I love everything that's building into the original trilogy saga and what has come out of it. You know, the build-up to A New Hope and the repercussions of Return of the Jedi. Still keeping the era of troops that I grew up with and, and loved as a kid. Be it Rebellion or Imperial. It, it's the look that, that I gravitate more to than anything else. And it's a personal preference. So that's why that time span is that's when everything was coming out shortly after order 66. And we're still seeing it carry through uh, to the five, 10 years after turn of the Jedi. So for me, it's kind of hard because it depends on what you're looking at Um, from a cohesive storytelling standpoint, the prequels would be the best, uh, the best three because they were the only ones that were actually, he had an entire three movie set written out. He knew the story from beginning to end and for the prequel trilogy, he had an outline for the original trilogy. And he made Star Wars hoping he could make the other two. So Star Wars, the first one, A New Hope, is a standalone film with the other two are actual sequels. I mean, it's done as a trilogy, but they're, they're sequels to a standalone. 
Whereas right. the prequel trilogy was written as a three film movie or three film trilogy. He knew he was going and to do the, the other sequel, three. The sequels, it was all um, it was filmmaking by um, by a relay race. We yeah. know that. <laughs> I mean, with the original trilogy, he had the sequels ready, but the first one was shot as if if we if this doesn't do good or one and done, this is it. Yeah. Well, no. If if you remember, for Empire and Jedi. He had outlines for them. He didn't have the whole movie or the whole thing scripted out right. and ready to go. Right. Because there's plenty of things that changed after he did Star Wars. Right. Like the whole concept of Luke and Leia being brother and sister didn't come up until you get to Return of the Jedi. He didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he, he, if I remember right, even when he wrote the line <laughs> in Empire that said um, there's another, he wasn't sure who that other was going to be yet. Right. He was teasing it, knowing that, well, when I do this, I'll figure it out there. <laughs> See, a lot of people thought it was Han. I mean, when I was yeah. a kid, I mean, we're thinking, oh, Han Solo is uh, the other Jedi. He just doesn't know it. The whole thing, um, Han Solo in Return of the Jedi was a last minute thing. Originally, he wasn't in it because um, Harrison Ford wasn't good, didn't sign up for three movies. He, he wanted out. That's <laughs> they, why they froze yeah. him. They froze him so that, um, OK, well. If he doesn't come back, we can continue without it. Yep. <laughs> there was so many things in the original trilogy that going looking back on it 40 years ago now, it um, there's a lot of things that are kind of out. So from a cohesive storytelling standpoint, the prequel trilogy is or the um, the best one story for one long story. Um, the first thing I ever saw in Star Wars was Return of the Jedi. So the tr original trilogy is always I always loved the original trilogy. And I don't think we've had the sequel trilogy long enough yeah. to make a cohesive decision about that, because the problem is, once again, that since we have the Internet, we know where all of the skeletons are buried. Yeah. So we know the problems that were made that they had putting that together. Right. I'm wondering sometimes I wonder if we didn't know all the behind the scenes information, if we'd look at them differently. Or you know? if we just had people who weren't critical just for the sake of being critical. Exactly. I've said a long time, a long time, because people talk about the toxic fandom and all this stuff. I still say for um, Star Wars and a lot of the other ones that have, are famous for ha having toxic fans. No, they have a toxic small or minority of, fan, of people who call themselves fans. The vast majority enjoy what they're watching and just sit back and enjoy it. They don't talk about it on the internet. They don't get out there and um, scream and yell and holler that this was the greatest thing ever. If you if you claim to be a fan and all you're doing is bashing, putting down everyone, wanting to find negative in everything and everyone, you love. <laughs> then you're not a fan. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen I've seen people do cosplay, and they may not be, you know exactly how the character is supposed to look and stuff like that and i've seen people go ham on that and tell them oh well that does that looks like a vader from wish.com you know oh that looks like a discount vader and it's like but look at the effort right um what if that person didn't have the means to to afford a really nice helmet um, you know, and they cannot afford the proper cape or the right electronics. They're putting an effort, right? It's it's once again, it goes back to um, not just the Star Wars fandom, but also maker community. We have to support each other, right? Yeah. We have yeah. to, you know. So what you didn't like what happened to uh, said character in the movie? It is what it is, right? That's how it's written. You know, it might have been your favorite character. Um, maybe look at it in a different light. Figure right. out why that happened. Right, right now, uh, with my daughter, her Ray cosplay that she does is she has chosen the variation of costumes where it's Ray with the vest and the undershirt. So there, there's no long tabard, one piece tabard that's like an infinite loop around her with the with two ends. Um, so she chose the 
the the, the vest look from Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and, and that's what she went with for for her Ray cosplay. And when even though she doesn't have the right boots or anything, when we went around Megacon, and of course she wasn't using the right lightsaber, she she used a different you know toy flip saber that she had here at the house. No one cared. She had yeah. compliments left and right. I don't know if part of that's because she was a kid, but... Um, well, it comes down to, are you enjoying it? If you're not enjoying it, if you're just crapping on it and tearing it apart, find something else that you do enjoy and do that. Don't You don't have to focus on the negative. If you don't like it, let it go. If you don't like one of the movies specifically and they, they destroyed everything, ignore it. There's 10 other movies. Yeah. Well, she, she had me actually print out a picture of Ray in, in that look. That way, if anyone questioned her, mm-hmm. she goes, uh, no, I still got the belt. I got the pouches and everything else. Here's the picture. And it matches. Yeah. Which the other one is, you know, well, go ahead. I think she only saw one other person dressed in a Ray outfit like hers. Because I think a lot of people still go for the uh, that um, Jakku Obi look that she has. And they don't, and she carries that over into her Jedi look. Um, and and everyone tends to overlook the the, the vest look of Ray. So, uh, Derek, um, I know. I I'm sorry. I know Drew. that we have in the rubber uh, rubber <laughs> rubber legion, rebel legion. I know that we have um, down here in South Florida. Florida. Jesus. I'm hold on. Give me a second because the headset's causing me to trip myself. Um, I know down here in South Florida, we do have a Ray, and she does all of the different looks um, from each movie. And I even think that she was talking about doing dark Ray. Um, you know, whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy, cosplay as it, uh, go out there, have your fun. Don't let other people, you know, judge you. And if they do judge you, then you're obviously around the wrong people. Yep. So Derek, go ahead, Derek, your favorite era. Well, I mean, obviously because I, it's what I grew up in. Um, the, uh, anything to do with the original trilogy era is my favorite. Um, that's just, that was always star Wars to me and everything else was just additional stuff. Um, which is great, but the heart of star Wars for me is the original trilogy. And, uh, one thing I was wondering though, what you were saying, Ken, about if we didn't have, like, if we didn't know all the back stuff that was going on with the sequel trilogy, I'm thinking the opposite way of you. I'm wondering if maybe that would have made us, uh, like it less because maybe knowing all that stuff, we might have given it a little leeway. Yeah, I can see it both ways. Yeah, me too. Never thought about it that way. If we knew, if we knew more, it's an interesting thought. If we knew more as kids, would it would it taint how we viewed the franchise now? Well, he was talking about specifically the um, sequel trilogy. If we didn't, if we did not yeah. know all the behind the scenes stuff, would we have been even more critical? Oh, that's a good question. And held it to a higher standard, knowing, yeah, it, uh, thinking that everything went beautifully, and this is what they came up with. You no, know, let, let's save <laughs> right. it. Let's save it that topic for another episode. Yeah, I want, a, I want to get I want to get Drew's response. Mm-hmm. So, Drew, what era for you? Um, so I, like you said, I'm 35. I'm stuck in between Gen uh, X and, and Millennial. Um, I, I'm even though I wasn't around for the original trilogy, but I was around, and the first ones that I've ever seen in the movie theater were the uh, prequels. I am gonna have to say the original trilogy. It's by far. I mean, that's as as a kid growing up and seeing that movie magic, I cannot explain how giddy I get when I see that kind of stuff. It's it's the same way I feel about Back to the Future, Ghostbusters like that, that method of movie making 
um, with the practical effects and things like that. You just can't match it right. with, with the prequels. The, the prequels, all that CG. I, it, for me, it's, like I said, it's, it's the original trilogy. Okay. Um, before we go, I'll make it real quick. Drew, I'm going to flip the tables. You ask us a question. Okay. Um, if you could be any character, any character, um, and we can take this past, you know, whatever is considered canon, legend, or so on. If you could be any character, um, who would you be? Starting with Ken. We're going to legends and stuff. I don't know specifically a character, but I know where I would like to be because it was just so much fun was um, the original version of Luke's Jedi Temple on Yavin 4. I'd like to be one of the Padawans learning there that was in the class with Jason and Jaina and Lobaka and Zek and all of those characters. Because I love, for me personally, I loved the series. It was Young Jedi Knights that Kevin Anderson and his wife, Rebecca, wrote. Uh, it was a series of like 10 or 12 books that were um, more young adults. But still, it was basically about the solo kids and their friends training to be Jedi and their adventures on on and off of um, Yavin. That was just a great series, and it just seemed like it would be so much fun. I, If it's not in the movies, uh, I definitely yeah. haven't read it or seen it, but that does sound like fun being able to yeah. be a part of that. Yeah, in the um, original in the original legends um, stories, Luke actually built his uh, Jedi temple was actually in the old rebel base on the oven. That's cool. I, I really should brush up. <laughs> uh, if you're going to go with legends um, books, you got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot. I've seen, I mean, going to celebration, you see book signings and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. you look at the catalog that they show there. I'm sure that that's just scratching the surface of everything that's below it. And and probably one of the reasons why they started saying, well, that's not canon and, and all this stuff, because they're, I mean, I, from what I've seen is they're picking and choosing at the moment what they want yeah. to make canon. Yeah. Um, there's things that I've heard on other um, you know, on YouTube channels and stuff like that, where uh, they're bringing these things into canon. And I think that that's probably really cool um, to see all these things. Uh, I, I just don't know if the animated series is considered canon or not. Yes. Everything, everything but yeah. the micro series. That was originally right, yeah. canon uh, to bridge the gap between Attacks of Clones and Re- Revenge of the Sith. That was yeah. the Tosky series. Tartarovsky, yeah. Yeah, was originally canon and then became not canon when the actual Clone Wars series came out. Yeah, basically canon is any, uh, it was anything that's been on film or television after the Ewoks and Droids cartoons. After, uh, not including those. It was everything that had been on um, since the, the movies and television and any book that's been done books and games since disney bought it yeah so life life day is canon that was that yes. that was before the droids and ewoks cartoons but no <laughs> that's it, been made uh, canon it's been made it's canon been made because canon, they do it in the parks the holiday special is not <laughs> got it so the holiday special is mm-hmm. that's the one that i was thinking of i wasn't thinking about life day it was the holiday special yeah holiday special is not I knew where but, you're now, going. but they have referenced life day in in the animated yeah. series there's a couple places that they've talked about Life Day. So Life Day is an actual event. The, the holiday special itself is not. <laughs> it, I think the first time it was officially mentioned in canon was Mandalorian. Possibly. When uh, I know it was recent. I know it was recent. Yeah, when the when the mytho, uh, the, the first bounty he collects in episode one uh, mentions that he was you know, heading home to Life Day for Life Day celebrations. So, Mike, uh, any character in the Star Wars uh 
in Star Wars, period, who would you be? Uh, well, you know, I have to say I have to be myself since the character I created when I was on the Star Cruiser technically is is part of the canon because uh, we had to come up with the whole backstory uh, of our persona for the Star Cruiser. Hey, can you tell me a little bit more about the, um, the persona? My character, uh, I come from the planet of Narshada, um, and I joined the the tech ranks of the Halcyon. Um, to help lay down um, some new smuggling connections and to potentially use the ship to help smuggle things from our different ports, um, obviously for the right price, um, but to, to help help in need where, where the need need is, is met. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the First Order, um, but you know, I, I know how to play the First Order game with the First Order. Um, I do remember the time of... The Mandal- uh, of after uh, the, the Battle of Endor. Uh, I was a young kid, uh, grew up, saw the age of the New Republic. Um, still iffy about the resistance since they, even though it's, they're led by some of the same elders from the rebellion, um, I, I see where the resistance has changed their concept a little bit. Um, but I, I see where the First Order is is just as bad, if not worse, than the original Empire. Uh, so, way for me to maneuver around, uh, even though I have my own ship uh, that my family stays on to help with smuggling routes, I use the Halcyon as a way to help establish new connections, new new points, and, and new uh, new contacts for for the business outside of my work on the Halcyon. I mean, that just sounds cool. Like to have that much of a background story to me I, wow like that's cool yeah we were we were i mean we were told when we were coming up with char- our our character backgrounds that we are part of the star wars universe we are considered our character our personas are considered canon whether they would actually appear on wikipedia or not we are canon that's cool Okay, maybe I, I'll take that back. I would work for Disney maybe for a month on the Halcyon. I will do that. <laughs> I'll give myself one cool background story. Well, but, it's, um, it's the same thing with the people who work in uh, Galaxy's Edge. I mean, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know uh, Batu had the same thing. They, you know, they come up with their the uh, the locals come up with their backgrounds on what they do, and you know, they that's part of their whole thing. Um, part of the training is you come up with your backstory because you are, immer- you know, you are in character when you're on planet. You know, that's why there's specific things you say, um, when you're on, either on the ship or, or on the planet, you know, on the planet, it's uh, bright suns. It's the greeting on the ship. It's good journey. Um, you know, stuff like that. So Very I mean, cool. there, there's a whole terminology guide for use on the ship or on the on planet. I I just can't get over the price ticket, the, the cost of it. I would love to experience it one day. I, um, having worked there, um, I think it's a great experience. It, it's a it's a great venue. I absolutely love everything about it. Uh, but for me, the price the price is a little too much. I we do have. Uh, I do have friends that have done it, and what they do is they'll split the cost, and it be four of them, four five hundred first members sleeping in the same room, you know, yeah. crunched up in a bunk bed, you know, six foot person, um, and then they'll get dressed and they'll walk around the ship in their full costume, and you know, I've seen their videos, I've seen their their pictures. I think it's a great experience. I just, you know, unfortunately, 
unless I hit the Florida Lotto. I don't see myself there. Now, if I did it with with like these two guys and where each one of us is splitting the cost and it helps reduce the cost, yeah, I'd consider it. But for the family to go, <laughs> I, I can't do it as a fa- you know, with the family at the moment. Um, but to do it as like a, a get together or a party with, with best friends and, and get a group of my, you know, my best friends like Ken, like Derek, um, like everyone else, um, you know, a couple of my best friends from high school, then yeah, I would do it. Maybe in the future, I'll try if it, if it drops a little bit more in price, maybe in the future, future, I'll try it. I'm just afraid that if it does drop in price, the experience may also, something may be removed or something may be dropped out of it. Right. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, my favorite location at the moment is the campgrounds that, that I love that place. Um, it's, you know, relatively fairly priced, but the Halcyon, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, if I win the Florida Lotto, hey, I'll be there. Um, how, how many nights do you get to stay there? Two nights? Two nights. Two nights. Uh, if they allow me to book a whole month, I'll be there a whole month. It'll be two nights of repeats. <laughs> <laughs> so, Derek, your uh, favorite Star Wars character. Uh, or who would you be? Or who would you be? Yes. First first thing, I just want to say that uh, I understand your trepidation on the animated series, Clone Wars. Um, I felt that way at first, too. I wasn't crazy about the animation. But I will tell you this much. The stories are so good that it's worth it's worth sitting through the animation. And I even grew to love it eventually. So, yeah, the animation really, really improves as you go. Yeah. And and the Clone Wars really adds to the prequels a lot. So I would say check it out. Give it a chance. And as far as uh, which character I would be, I always thought when I was a kid that I wanted to be Han Solo. But the more I think about it, I think I'd actually rather be Chewbacca. The big, hairy, uh, strong sidekick always has Han's back. That's more like me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well that's not a bad i mean chewbacca how, how many years old is chewbacca and he has yeah. that really good uh mm. what is it bowcaster yep so you know, well thank nothing you against wookies thank you drew for joining us uh go check out his shop on etsy just search imperial tech shop us and on that note there's only one thing left to be said give the evacuation code signal vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.